this is Sydney, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in for episode four of Teen Terror, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, uh, how are you this week? That is once again a loaded question. <laughs> However, I'm doing much better. How are you? I'm good. Am I good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ma'am? It didn't sound like it. Listen! Listen. Sleep, sleep's been a, sleep's been touch and go lately, Okay. You know, valid. Have you been having, like, super weird dreams recently? Man, what the <laughs> fuck? Because I've you... been having super freaking weird dreams recently. Me too. Hold on. Wait, what are your dreams about? Because I... This could be weird. Mine's just straight up, like, nightmares. I'm thinking, like, researching all the, like... Because you know I research everything, like, two, three weeks in advance. Yeah. Typically all in one day. I think it's starting to hit me that I do that all in one day. Because it's like eight hours of research. Right. Like, in total. So, like, I'll be seeing my research in my dreams and I'm like, Ugh. Oh, no. I don't like that. It's fine. It's fine. I only saw no. one shadow person at the corner of my eye the other day. It's fine. Ma'am, are you okay? Do you need a hug? You can go yell you... at Noodle Man to give me a hug. Say less. You think I won't? I'll text him right oh, now. God. Oh my god. Noodle man. Oh yeah. Hey. Please give Lulu a hug for me at the next possible time. <laughs> Thank you. That was all in separate texts. I'm gonna get like a text and be like, uh, you okay? <laughs> um, but no, my dreams have been super weird. Like, I distinctly remember a couple nights ago I just had one where like I was in several different burning buildings. Like, every time I went into a building, it, like, caught on fire, and one of them was a church, and I don't know, I feel like that symbolizes some stuff that's happened to me recently. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bit. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. It was not it for me. And then I had another weird one last night, but I don't remember what it was about. I just remember waking up and being like, what the actual heck was that? And then I thought about it my entire way to class. I felt that in my soul. I've had multiple t- people tell me now. They're like, Lulu, you know me. I'm not a church person. I'm telling you to go to church. Go to church. Come to church with me. Come to my speaker series thing that I actually don't come to that. That's going to be really... I don't want to say it's going to be boring, but like it can be boring if you're not <laughs> into it. <laughs> listen, just call me during one of the services and I'll listen in through your pocket. <laughs> that should oh, be that- enough. Yeah, you know, you can hear about baptism, or communion, or divorce. Those are the only topics that I know we're covering. I have to plan a lot still. Listen, one of Actually, those is divorce is still to... up in the air. <laughs> Listen, as long as one of those potentially scares away some uh, shadow people, I'm perfectly content. Uh, I'll make a call to the big guy for you. <laughs> i mention you next time I'm in church, as in two days from now on Sunday. <laughs> have a little talkity talk in my prayers just be like hey buddy what's popping please please make this stop for my girl he has been i can't ask too much though because like i've had a couple near misses while driving recently <laughs> oh so he's like looking he's out looking for you he is he's there right there it's fine he's a real homie honestly true that mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 would hang with him 10 out of 10 do hang with him frequently <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just have some questions I need him to answer for me. Don't we all? What is it? Uh, Lily. 
her sister says that should she ever meet God, the one question she would ask is, did OJ really do it? And I just feel that in my soul. I, I feel like I have other questions. That would be, like, but that's, that's a good one. Right? And like the fact that it's true crime related, I'm like, oh my god. I feel like I have a lot of things that I want to ask God. I want to know who the Zodiac killer is. Yeah. Ted Cruz. Oh, true. I thought we but all like, knew this. But like for realsies, I just want my homie to be like, it's him. For sure. You know? Oh, another question. Where the fuck is Asha DeGree and is she okay? Yeah, that's a good- that's another one. Ooh, a follow-up question that's not related to any of that. Did Jeffrey Dahmer actually make it to heaven? <laughs> no. He converted to Christianity in prison. Oh, uh, I'm uncomfortable with that thought. Yeah, Homeboy converted in prison. So, like, if Homeboy truthfully repented for all of his sins someday, we might see that homie again. And I, I, I say again <laughs> as if I met him in real life. I, just, I don't vibe with that. You're telling me in heaven, in my peaceful little cottage home, I'm, I, there's a potential chance Jeffrey Dahmer's gonna be my neighbor. Yeah, that, that's possible. Homeboy, homeboy <laughs> converted to Christianity in jail. Oh my god. It's nice to know your heaven home is a little cottage. By the way, guys, this is a true crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Wait, hold up. Now I wanna, Mariah, what would be your one question to ask the homie? Um... Uh, why did you make me very much into men who act like that? <laughs> oh, facts. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't Actually, think he has enough I... time I for know. that. Can I have a question for God be pointing at <laughs> men? Just mean, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I almost jumped on my teeth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was reading my Twitter drafts today and I really went on a man-hating spree for a while. <laughs> and you can tell when I do. I have a really good Lent one that I'm going to pull out pretty soon. Please do. What did it say? I want to pull it up for you now. Oh, gosh. My Twitter drafts are delightful. Then Some why are they real still in drafts? Because they're a little too edgy. Oh. Uh, make a secret Twitter. It was. Oh, a finsta, but for Twitter. Oh. <laughs> it's a quick PSA to all my ladies who gave up boys for Lent. That's me. I'm that lady. Um, <laughs> eat fruit. It keeps away the scurvy and the men. You're welcome. I don't know why oh. I made that tweet. I don't know when I wrote it. I don't know what I was going through, but I stand by it. You know what? It's a mood. I'm here for it. You can tell I was going, I was going through something when I wrote that because a few messages later is, not a few messages, a few drafts later, it's just, okay, so I've had a realization, Barbie never falls for blonde boys, Disney princesses never fall for blonde boys, I think I figured out what my problem exactly. is. Exactly. Wait, but Barbie does, uh, Ken. He's like a dirty brown, he's like a light brown. I don't think what? they, like, write him in what? as blonde, like, I'm pretty sure if you look it up it says yeah. brown. Like, I'm pretty sure. I remember that bitch as Platinum Blonde. Hold up. Ken, Barbie. I'm Googling it right now, because what the fuck? The most is a dirty blonde. I also did not do my research for that tweet, so please don't come for me. (laughs) I was just salty, I would retweet it. Thank you. Honestly, yeah. I just, like, I thought it was, like, a Mandela effect going on. I was like, wait. (laughs) What color is Ken's hair? Black. (laughs) That's not right. 
that's Street Fighter Wiki. That's the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Wow. I'm seeing. I'm Did seeing you know ones. that Ken has a sister? What? what? Her name is Izzy. And his mother's name is Edna. Edna. Why would they do that? It was the 50s. I don't know. Oh, facts. Ken's hair was made of felt in his first year. Wow. This Wikipedia is not answering my questions. Oh, the history of the Ken doll. It used to be black. Hmm. It alternates between black and blonde and... Oh, gosh. Ken in 1992 was going through some things. <laughs> Listen, everybody has that phase, okay? We can't judge. 2004 Ken is a whole vibe. Yeah, he alternates between blonde and brunette. Okay. So, as long as I'm, not I crazy, still stand I'm by my statement. I stand by my Twitter draft. As you should. I just needed to make sure I wasn't fucking cuckoo bananas. Because that's also. No, you're right. He was. He's sometimes blonde. Oh, you been? Oh, you know, I just got back from my chaotic ass week at Harley's. Oh, that was. From the few messages I got in <laughs> you had a time. I was like, Lulu, I'm gonna add him back. No. <laughs> I don't know who him is, but no. That's the vibe we need to carry. No. you just. I Ma'am. read that message, and it was 30 minutes after she sent it when I read it. I immediately called her, and I told Harley, Harley, grab her phone right now. Make sure she didn't do it. <laughs> Ma'am, we're giving up boys it- for Lent, okay? Yes. You got until after Easter before you could start doing that. You can't act reckless until then. <laughs> I can't anyway, and so through that, I'm gonna project onto you. <laughs> oh my! But yeah, it helped that Mar- uh, Mariah was uh, faded by the time I called, so Harley was able to snaggy snag that. Yeah. Phone. But then proceeded to not know what she was looking for. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but did we add him back? No. No. Good. What I like to hear. <laughs> I just What's have these do? boys ain't shit in my head right now. <laughs> uh, what, tea, what tea do we have this week, guys? Either drinks or like the tea that we sit around and talk about while drinking tea. Um. So my tea is a tea that I got this morning on my way home from school because I got sad and wanted something for myself. As you do. As and you do. it's... Yeah, it's a bubble tea. So it's peach and roast syrup with strawberry bubble. The green tea base. So got to see my favorite tea shop owner when I went and got it. She's an angel. That sounds so good. As for like, it's pretty good. It's my favorite. My go-to, if you will. Sometimes I spice it up and do mango bubbles instead. Yeah. But um, my tea is that my lab went bad yesterday so I had to go back in this morning and it was just not a vibe and my professor I'm pretty sure thinks I'm dating my lab partner Oh. which if I look at it from her perspective I understand why but I am not and I am not considering it either uh you better not cause you gave a boys for Lent I did yeah no he tried to shoot his shot a while ago and I was like ha 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 lol I'm dating someone I no longer get to say that however I still say lol no no I'm pretty sure she's thought we were dating for a few years because I mean we are like always together in the building but that's because we have all of the same classes at the same times 
But yeah, what teas do you ladies have going for you? Mari, you got any? Um, I have a nice um exotic tea called Mountain Dew Code Red. Ooh, I've never heard of that one. How long does it steep? Oh, you know, uh, like negative five minutes. Um, so it's just like ready when you yeah. get it. Crazy. <laughs> Because I got home and I very much did not feel like making tea. I wanted to lay down. <laughs> That's valid. That is hella valid. What about IRL tea? What's going on in life besides not adding a boy? Um, there's lots of not adding boy and then adding boys at the same time, you know? Oh no. <laughs> but like different ones. So we're gonna have. Uh, so boys are not being given up for lunch for my Okay. <laughs> At least tell me how it goes so I can live vicariously through you. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. One day. <laughs> Maybe if someone hurts me again, I'll try it. <laughs> I just want weekly updates on how adding boys yeah. goes. Also, apologies to the listeners if um, I sniffle every two seconds because my allergies are acting up because Harley has a cat. Oh, Lulu can edit those out. She did it for me the first week. <gasps> this is true. Wow. She's a magician. She was just like, Sydney, you're no longer sick. And I was like, wow. <laughs> uh, the listeners will simply know if I edit it out or not. I'm not going to let you guys know. You'll simply hey. know. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, actually. Tell us your tea, Lulu. I got, I've been giving the lemon glazed loaf another shot, and this time I did the milk and sugar, like I'm supposed to, for Mariah Gill's <laughs> And... I'm in support of you not doing it if you don't want to. (laughs) So, like, you have both sides. Yeah, but I didn't like the lemon glaze lemon... The the glaze lemon loaf before. But now that I did, like, the sugar and... Oh, milk. It's tolerable. Like, I like it. I drink it again. Okay. Am I gonna be the only one of us who's just, like, black tea, ladies? (laughs) (laughs) It depends on the tea. I still have to find... Yeah. Potentially, though. Because, like, like, I never add milk and sugar. Maybe because it's, like, how I can take my coffee. I need something to balance it out. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's fair. I just simply don't drink coffee. I simply could not. That's, like, you not drinking tea. That's fair. That's my equivalent. That's fair. I feel like it, like, um, works best for, like, dessert teas. That checks out. I don't drink a lot of dessert teas, so that makes sense. It makes sense because I've only been drinking dessert teas because that's what you sent me. <laughs> I have teas to send you guys. I just had to put them in a cute little package. Sid. <gasps> I'll cry right now. Don't um, ask me how long it's going to take me to get those out to you because I have no motivation to do anything right now, so that cute little package might take a while. That's perfectly fine. But I have them. I'm, a- I'm assembling sampler packs for you, all of us. Ooh. Do you have IRL tea, Lulu? Uh, no, I don't really have any uh, IRL tea that I don't want to... I mean, I kind of do, but I want to jinx it. Let's just say I have plans for the 5th, and hopefully they like me. Oh, damn, is that when it's oh, happening? Sure. Hold on, let me put that in my calendar. Calendar. Oh my goodness, that was so cute the way you said it. <laughs> I'm sorry, do I say calendar wrong? Oh, this is so it's so cute! <laughs> Okay, you saying... There's no other way to say calendar. It was like your little Michigan accent that was coming out. 
Ma'am, I drop all my teas. Don't come for me. <laughs> There's no tea in calendar. That's the only thing I know about the Michigan accent is that we drop teas. Yeah. I'm going to be self-conscious every time I say calendar. Listen, it's the same way you get all happy and excited when I say tamale, okay? Oh, but that's mm-hmm. so cute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you haven't said that for me in a while. Can you say it again? Tamale? Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm glad you find that amusing. <laughs> right. You're in my phone on the 5th with four exclamation marks, so I remember to ask you how it goes. But, but yeah, uh, we were supposed to go to, we were supposed to leave that morning to go to Ocala. And then I got the email and they're like, your time slot only available is uh, 3 in the afternoon. And I was like, well, fuck my life. Lulu, can I tell Noodle Man that you've been having bad dreams because he asked me if everything's okay? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, who asked? Now I'm gonna take what did you tell me? I'll be like, it's fine. I'm fine. He's threatened to drive over there right now, so I was like, I need to give him an explanation. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> All the middle Hold up. Let me shoot him a text. I'm fine. Oh, I got a text two minutes ago. Sorry for uh, making your man's nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you nightmares. Dead Sydney took matters into her own hands. I sure did. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Sorry. That's great. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You said I'm gonna scare him. (laughs) I just wanted to give you a hug. I respect it. I respect it. Also, I'm about to post my first snap story to my private story that is only for my true crime homies titled no body no crime <gasps> hey oh my goodness all of my private stories are taylor references uh but yeah i have that tea so we were supposed to leave i don't know where i left off uh we were supposed to leave to akala that morning then i got the email and i read it and i was like well fuck my life uh and i was like hey mikey uh can we uh fix the time on when we leave and he was like yeah of course no problem. And I was like, oh my god, is this what, like, not arguing is like? <laughs> what? That's a concept. I was like, yeah, no problem. Just let me know what time. And I was like, this time? Question mark? Okay. Oh. Noodle Man's too good for this world, and I stand by that. He, right? he really is. He's too good to me. I love him so much. This man has been stuck with me for a year, and I am a lot. You know, I felt that. I can never keep me man's for longer than, like, six months. Is that my fault? Possibly. <laughs> Literally, his last name is Angel. <laughs> Wait, so if you guys get married, your last name will be Angel. It would be. He's brought that up a couple times. And you are an angel. Oh, True. Debatable. <gasps> we will fight you. Don't come for me right now. I will, I will come down there right now. I will send Mikey to your house. <laughs> I recently learned that I have that power. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And he would speed to get here, too. That's the thing. Mikey, Lulu said she's not an angel. I need you to go full full force down there. Prove her wrong. You guys forget how easy it would be for me to, like, cut a bitch. Oh, I know. Dana texted me last episode. She was like, if someone ever, like, stabbed you in the face, I would report them for you. Tell Dana like, she's oh. an angel. 
Just like this is As true friendship because I would never report it myself. Oh, <laughs> Dana, I love you. By the way, anywho, sorry, <laughs> that was a lot of tangent on my part. We have a lot of chit chat for this episode, but I think that's a good thing. It's like we're finally being comfortable around the concept of our voices are being recorded right now. I've decided to have no shame, so I have no shame. I love that for you. I'm getting there. Thank you. It's the kind of energy I'm trying to carry into 2021 with me. Uh, But yeah, other than that, mm, I don't have any tea. Life's good for the most part. Uh, I could use more sleep in my life, but uh, who... Everyone could go for more sleep in their lives, honestly. Yeah. Sleep is great. Yeah, that's valid. Uh, With that, uh, we should uh, get started, huh? Oh, I guess, like, we're here to actually do things, huh? <laughs> Don't tell me I did my notes for no reason. <laughs> you know, I really thought this episode would just, like, be a casual one. I don't know. Uh, we can do that in three weeks once all my notes have been used. Uh, you know, actually, can we push that off till, like, March? <laughs> I bet. There's gonna be a week in March where we have to record two in a week also, just so you know. Oh, bet. Uh... But I'll remind y'all of that closer, too. I will already be ready because... I have nothing to do once I finish editing. So I'm like, eh, I'll do the next two, three weeks. It won't Ma'am, go. I don't even have ours for two days from now. <laughs> Done. See, I took these notes an hour ago. We love that mm-hmm. for us. I love you guys so much. Did y'all see my tweet today? <laughs> yes. Because I really felt that. I have not opened Twitter since uh, 10 a.m. after I watched a new episode of WandaVision. You tweeted something today. I did! It was about WandaVision, I think. Was it? Uh, I just saw it, and I was like, Lulu! And then I didn't understand it, so I didn't know if I should like it or not. Oh, yeah, it's the Loki series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah, and it's coming out on your birthday. Oh, uh, yeah, I found, that out, I found that out through TikTok. And I was like, ah! And I lost my shit in the middle of a CVS. What did I, I tweeted today? Yeah, I'm just like, why did no one tell me that I would have to do actual work? LOL. <laughs> What is it? And then the podcast I'm listening to, they're like, hey guys, we quit and made this full time so we could do this for you. I'm like, we're never gonna do that. Oh, I could never. Oh my gosh. Do you know how, like, how little work I would get done? If I have to prepare more than one of these consistently for a week, I'm gonna, like, get to a point where I, like, roll up and I just have Wikipedia open and I'm reading it to you. <laughs> that week we have just guess, 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 guess. I have to get my wisdom... Oh, that's my other tea. I have to get my wisdom teeth out. Um, and so I'm debating if I, like, want to prepare notes for that week anyway. And there's come on still on my meds. I want to hear uh, Loopy Sydney's notes on whatever she's covering. <laughs> or do I want to invite one of my closer, like, close friends from around here to do a story and I just do commentary. I'm I'm actually okay with both of them because it's who I'm thinking of, Our right? Our first guest? Josh? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm good with either. I haven't I talked to him to about it at all. Uh, Josh, whenever you listen to this episode, uh, start prepping your shit, please. Please. <laughs> me having two guy friends named Josh that are both really close to me and both of them trying to figure out which one it is that, that's the fun part they both are super stuff i'm just gonna have two guests that week they have to work together 
on topics they have no idea what the other one's talking about. <laughs> right. They just have to guess. Um, Can we please do that? Um, Josh, I love you. And also, Josh, can't wait to meet you. <laughs> Hello both to both sides. Josh's. I miss you both dearly. Um, that's all. I just miss you guys. Retweet. Alright, uh, true crime. Yes. Yeah. Mariah. Murder. That, right? that do be me. I'm not looking at our Google spreadsheet. <laughs> so I'm like, I hope I got this right. I was like, oh, I really hope I was a true crime this week. <laughs> <laughs> what I have. Oh. oh shit! What you got for us? All right. Um. So this week for our true crime, I'm. Well, for the podcast, it will be a brand new showing. But for you guys, it'll be a revisiting, revisiting of the case <gasps> of the Menendez brothers. Menendez. The Menendez really. Hey! <laughs> I love oh. them. <laughs> Hold up. Let me get comfortable. Yes. All right, I'm, I'm coloring during this guy. I'm comfortable because I I have more details this time than I didn't have during presentation night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving my presentation still. <laughs> this is gonna be an anniversary. Same. I'm debating if I want to cover the one I did on here. If you don't, I will. Oh, yeah, that was a, that was a really it. good one. I took French, so let me let me butcher those names, but like slightly more correct. <laughs> God, I, I should have failed French. I really should have. I retained little to no information. Uh, je suis une pomme de terre. Uh, je parle français comme vache espagnol. Vache? Oh, I said that wrong. Just, je suis parle français comme vache espagnol. There we go. I speak French like a Spanish cow. <laughs> I never knew I needed a phrase so much in my life until now. Alright. You're welcome. I can teach you it later if you want. Please do. I got you. You teach me Spanish. I will teach you that specific phrase. Only that one. No others. That's all I need in life. Honestly, it's the only French phrase I use. <laughs> People are like, it's you took life. French? Say something for me. I'm like, I speak French like a Spanish cow. And they're like, wow, it's beautiful. Like, Thank you. I know. <laughs> That's why I say it. I should have failed French. <laughs> Anywho, Menendez. Oh, yes, the Menendez brothers. Okay. So, the story of the Menendez brothers starts with Jose Menendez, their father. Jose was born in Cuba and moved to the United States after the Cuban Revolution of the 1950s. Um, he stayed in a cousin's attic um, for a time until he earned his college degree. That's valid. Right? Oh, wait. Oh, he earned a college scholarship for swimming, so, you know, pro swimmer. Oh damn. Michael Phelps up in here. Right? Someone I can name. That and that one dude who got trouble in Brazil. Oh yeah. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh during his time in college, he married a woman named Kitty, who was a bat- beauty pageant queen. And Heck yeah, Kitty. Yeah, Kitty? You remember Kitty? <laughs> I do remember Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he worked his way up from washing dishes to becoming a successful young entertainment executive. Jose spent the early 80s as the head of RCA Records and had a hand in signing bands such as Duran Duran and the 
Eurythmics. I don't know who the Eurythmics are, but you know, good for them. I thought you were about to tell me you didn't know who Duran Duran was. Maybe I'll give them a listen after this. <laughs> uh, also, RCA Records is like modern day RCA, RCA Records is like super popular because like they have people like Miley Cyrus, Sane, like ASAP Rocky, people like that. Oh shit! What? Yeah. So modern day RCA is popping. Go off. Uh, there, the house that Jose and Kitty uh, moved into in Beverly Hills was at different times occupied by Michael Jackson and Elton John. So fancy, fancy. Hell yeah. But the house that they lived in in Los Angeles, they hadn't moved into until a few years before the famed incident. Growing up, Lyle was a star tennis player who attended Princeton and seemed destined for a career in business like his father. Eric turned out to be even, even better at tennis and helped with his father's obsessive need for the sport. He wound up as a nationally ranked player in his age bracket. Go off! Right? Like, damn, Eric, you're sporty, okay? Suddenly that TikTok page I found makes sense. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jose was known as a hard-driving father who would work his children to the bone in athletics and everything else. Felt that. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> Once they did move out to California, Eric began to run with some teenage delinquents, getting himself in trouble for a string of burglaries. Which, like, you're super rich, but you're gonna go burglar some homes? I mean, I can't say I condone the actions. <laughs> <laughs> um, his brother, Lyle, was enrolled in Princeton, was, but was suspended for a year for plagiarism and caused some trouble for the next two years. So I read that the plagiarism was actually, like, he was paying people to do do his papers like rich people do. Ooh, that um academic um we get yes. on the night of the murder of Jose and Kitty Menendez, the scene was gruesome and barbaric. Jose and Kitty were not so much killed, much as nearly unidentifiable, with fifteen rounds from shotguns to the, their faces and body. No, thank you. Right. It was so brutal that police thought the killings were a mob hit, and early investigations focused on the business rivals and a porn executive. Who had a bone to pick with Jose? Do we get more on that? You know what? I don't think it led anywhere, but I would also like to know this beef with the porn executive. I'm just, like, curious. Like, how do you get beef with one of them? Like, I don't want any. I'm just, like, really sorry. He had started to branch out into, like, the movie industry, too, so maybe it had something to do with that. But Ooh, maybe. Different type of movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the night of the murders, the brothers told police that they'd gone out that night to see a movie, but had to make a pit stop to retrieve Eric's ID. That's when they discovered their parents' bodies and dialed 911. The officers who responded to the call found Eric sobbing on the lawn before entering the crime scene. For the time afterwards, the police investigating the parents' case and what should have been a time of mourning for Eric and Lyle, both of them acted instead of like two young men who had recently found both of their parents dead. Brutal, bloody murder scene instead acted like two guys who had just won the lottery. Jose was worth $14 million at the time of his death, and within six months of their parents passing, their brothers spent an estimated $700,000 of his fortune. I want to know how you spend that much money. Right? Exactly. It's hard spending a lot. Like, I guess it can catch up, but, like, it's hard. I have a hard time justifying, like, a $10 purchase. Like, do I really want that Starbucks drink? The answer Mm -hmm. is no. Even, like, with them growing up wealthy and stuff, that still seems like a lot. It said that Lyle purchased a Rolex, a Porsche, 
lots of clothing, and a restaurant back in Princeton where he had been living before the murders. Which is the whole entire restaurant. Yeah, just the whole restaurant. <laughs> That's how you spend that kind of money, okay? <laughs> Uh, and his brother Eric was opted to instead buy a Jeep Wrangler, a $50,000 personal tennis coach, and a $40,000 investment in a rock concert that never happened. Hold on. Was it the- wait. A $50,000 tennis coach? Maybe I need to start playing tennis. (laughs) What the frick? Do you need this coach's number? Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Also, this investment in a concert that never happened really just. Uh, what year was it, by the way? What year uh, did this, this take place was... again? This was. this 88? Yeah, this is 88, 1988. Oh, no. I. I don't. I'm thinking of the one that happened in 2017. I don't know why. Fire Festival? The oh, Fire yeah. Fest thing? <laughs> that was a whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Uh, they both took exotic vacations too. Uh, both of them believing that they had more money coming to them because I don't know. Maybe they only got a portion of it. Uh, most likely, while well, the investigation yeah. going on and that kind of stuff. Because there was also a five million dollar life insurance policy on their father, although technicality stopped them from collecting it. Damn. I want to know what those technicalities are. It was probably put in, like, their mom's name? No. I don't know how life- I clearly don't know how life insurance works, guys. Uh, I'll let you know <laughs> when I die. Ma'am? <laughs> that was not the correct answer. Bold of you to assume I can afford life insurance to answer that question. If I get the job that I want, I'm gonna need life insurance. Oh, sure. That's a different discussion, though. Please continue. <laughs> um, so, some time passed, and uh, the, uh, Eric Menendez was caught up in another string of burglaries, even after his parents' passing, and um, he was required by the court to meet with a therapist, I guess in order to avoid some jail time. Oh no, the rich person would have to face jail time. What a tragedy. (laughs) That was almost like therapy should have been considered earlier anyway. (laughs) Um, Dr. Jerome Ozio, I believe was his last name, Ozio, um, reached out to Eric soon after the murders and began meeting with the younger Menendez brother. And soon enough, uh, oh shit. I like how she's reacting to her own notes. I am. Me too. Ma'am, I need you to say more. I simply do not have the technology to read your mind yet, so please tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna need you to hurry this up a little bit. You got me slightly concerned. It's me reading this and remembering the notes I had from my, uh, presentation. So let me rephrase it from my presentation's <laughs> point of view, where Eric was meeting with this therapist and he confessed, but then he told his brother he confessed, so then his brother threatened the therapist. <laughs> oh, I do recall this. And so with him threatening the therapist, being like, oh, 
if you tell anyone, we'll kill you too. The therapist just started, uh, being, like, for both of them, like, a joint appointment. <laughs> Isn't that, aren't therapists, like, not legally allowed to tell those kinds right? of things? <laughs> but it's even better. <laughs> Something like patient confidentiality. Oh, there's a lot of patient confidentiality issues coming up. Oh, okay. I'm listening. Um, so, with this, like, throw over his head, uh, the only person that, uh, Dr. Ozio could confide in was his mistress. <laughs> Not his wife. Uh, his mistress. <laughs> um, his mistress, uh, went by Judalon Smith and would ultimately play a big part in the case. Did she pick that name herself? Uh, no, I think her, her, her parents did. No, the way that you said that made yeah, it sound like it, was like it wasn't her name. <laughs> so I was like, did she pick that out herself? Because you were like, she goes by. And I was like, oh, okay, tell me more about this. What is her actual name? It's also Smith with a Y, you know? Saucy. Right? Sounds fake to me, but okay. <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like, no, that's too believable. You have to just change it slightly. Okay, what if I do it with a Y? Yeah. <laughs> also, Lil Miss Judalon. Um, the therapy sessions continued, and uh, Dr. Ozio ultimately got both Eric and Lyle on tape to confess the murders. I believe he did this, like, secretly, if I remember that right. That feels illegal. <laughs> The whole thing was just so illegal. <laughs> Look, okay, I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm just saying it feels illegal. <laughs> uh, on tape, uh, Eric says that they committed the murders and included their mother to put her out of her misery while Lyle made it clear that they were both in on the crime. These feel like conflicting stories. It really does. I feel like maybe they should have had a little bit more therapy. <laughs> Only a yeah, little honestly. more. <laughs> I feel like... Can they still get therapy? Can you get therapy in prison? Yeah. I feel like that should... Okay, I think they should continue that if they're not already. I have an interesting note about that later. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, little, little Miss Judalyn Smith and Dr. Ozio were reported to have a rocky relationship. She claimed he was controlling and abusive. He's a therapist. <laughs> Some people just really know how to pick their fields. After... I don't want that to come off as me hating therapists. I had one, she was lovely, and I love her. <laughs> uh, after he allegedly attacked her, uh, Judalyn contacted the Beverly Hills police and revealed to them that the Menendez brothers confessed to their parents' murder and that she had an audio tape of the confessions. Wow, her response to her, the man that she's having an affair with being abusive is to turn in his patience. But the only thing that that might do to him is reflect poorly on his practice. Um, I mean, like, he can also get his uh, licenses removed because patient confidentiality he's not supposed to tell anybody that's true i forgot uh, i'm going through an ethics class i know this <laughs> stuff i just forget look i was taking notes during my ethics class and not about ethics it was about my case <laughs> and it shows 
Soon afterwards, Lyle was arrested, and Eric, who was in Israel at the time, flew to Miami and then to L.A., where he turned himself in. How nice. Uh, Figuring out whether the tapes with the confessions fell under doctor-patient privilege or were admissible as evidence took two full years with lawsuits and appeals flying back and forth. But finally, the Supreme Court... I feel like it does fall. Does it? I think it falls under patient confidentiality. I feel like it should. I could be wrong. I am clearly not a law student. (laughs) Uh, But in the end, the Supreme Court of California ruled that two of the three tapes were eligible to be used in the trial, including one that contained Lyle's admission of guilt. Oh, damn. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to know what's on the other tapes now. All right. Lulu, insert it here. Both of you to assume <laughs> I have the brain cells to find it online. <laughs> um, their trial began in 1993 and was broadcast on the new wave of cable network with Court TV, which was devoted to turning the legal system into a hybrid of entertainment and sporting event. That feels like a terrible right? idea. It's like... It's like the new wave of Judge Judy. (laughs) Judge Judy should stay as it is. We do not need to bring that out into the rest of the world. Uh, The network carried not only the trial, but endless hours of coverage before and after each day's proceedings, which helped fuel the nation's obsession with the case that had all the elements of a great primetime soap opera. A rich family torn apart by scandal, Two handsome and mysterious young men, a grisly crime, and psychodrama galore. I mean, I'd watch it. <laughs> Unable to claim innocence, Lyle and Eric instead claim that their father's reign of terror on them went far beyond emotional abuse and the pressure of high expectations. They claim that their father, Jose, had been assaulting them since childhood and backed their claims of graphic descriptions that shocked the nation and split friends and family members. I have the question of, wouldn't this have come up in therapy? But also, like, patient confidentiality, they wouldn't be able to know if they did or not. Yeah. Yeah, he can't tell them even if it did. Yeah. Then again, they got the tapes, so who knows? Yeah, at the very least, I don't think it came up in the, like, trials. Well, besides, except from them. Um, their lawyer, Leslie Abramson, became a star during the trial and argued that the two are acting as self-defense after growing up in such a violent and traumatizing home. Lyle gave graphic testimony, and years later, a cousin told ABC News that she believed his story because... He told her similar things when he was a child. Oh. Uh, the defense also attacked Kitty as a husk of a woman, an alcoholic, dra- drug addict, broken wife, and useless mother who was devastated by Jose's Leave many Kitty affairs. <laughs> like, damn, you really came for Kitty. What did Kitty ever do to you guys? <laughs> She's dead. Show some respect. <laughs> the first trial, the Menendez brothers, lasted four and a half months and resulted in two hung juries, one for each brother. Unable to grant whether they were guilty of murder or acting in their own self-defense. Immediately, it was announced that they would be retried. Their second trial took place in 1995, so two years later, and was far less sensationalized and picked up by the media, and the judge did not allow any TV cameras into the courthouse this time. I'm a firm believer that media influences stuff like that. Yeah, this time it was all like, you had to wait for it to come out in the news. 
Good, as it should be. Uh, this time around, Miss Judalyn Smith testified for the defense this time and insisted that Dr. Ozio had manipulated the brothers into confessing. I mean... What is her story? Yeah, what, what side is she playing here? However, as you can presume, this time around, both Lyle and Eric were convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life without parole. Oh shit. Ma'am. God, I thought my Discord audio cocked out and I was like, oh my god. Mine did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, what was. And then all I heard was, oh shit. And I was like, is she commenting on her notes again? <laughs> Spill the tea. <laughs> so yeah, they were convicted and I guess this sort of leads to the best piece of art that I've ever written. I think the, the next event is better than Romeo and Juliet, if I'm honest. What I have a sinking feeling in my soul. <laughs> I feel like I know what it is. Three short years later, while in prison, Eric Menendez, who, you know, if you guys ever want to, like, look him up, look up, like, young Eric Menendez. It's worth your while. I'm not condoning anything, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, in, in 1999, uh, Eric married his pen pal, Tammy Sakoman. Good old Miss Tammy Menendez. Oh, Tammy. I miss Tammy. <laughs> Guys, I'm still so confused about that situation. <laughs> this is the second time I'm hearing it, and I just, how... I know. How do you get <laughs> married in jail? He's literally a criminal, and he can get married. Yeah. They had conjugal visions, I... too. Oh, okay. All right, Tammy, we see your type. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, she went into that already with the kid. How do you think her kid feels about that? I mean, Christmases have to be awkward. <laughs> do you think they go visit him? Oh, yeah. Uh, his brother, Lyle, has found two women who have been willing to marry him during this time. Uh, first being Anna Erickson, a former model who divorced him after a year when she found out he had been writing to other women. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, save. You go, girl. <laughs> they can't even stay faithful in jail. <laughs> oh my god. I once again raised the song, These men ain't shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not here for it. I wonder if Eric's on that, but like, he just hasn't been caught. Oh, Tammy. We might need to have some words. Yeah, Miss Tammy Menendez. After his divorce, though, he, uh married another woman named Rebecca Sneed, who was a journalist, and they got married in 2003. Do you think she initially started writing him to, like, get a story? Oh, 100%. 100%. As you'll recall, Miss Tammy Menendez did end up writing a book about her love with Eric Menendez. I think it's called, um, They Said We'd Never Make It, or I think. <laughs> Let me Google it for you. I still really want to read it. <laughs> Tea and Terror Book Club. They said when we'd never make it. 2005. <laughs> My life with Eric Menendez. She discusses her husband's painful life. His trial for the murder is currently unavailable. <gasps> Damn. 2018. Okay. Um, in 2018, after 20 years of not seeing each other, the Menendez brothers were finally once again reunited at the R.J. Donovan Correctional Facility in Oh shit, how'd that go? <laughs> uh, was it anything yeah. like the Papillon sisters? Because that was a wild one. 
Yeah, it was very much not like that. They even were allowed to spend an hour together in a room. So yeah, after, oh, it was actually 22 years because it had been since 1996 that they had last seen each other. So yeah, in 2018, they were reunited. So they get to see each other like out in the recreational times and eating times, I presume. And the most recent kind of little tip I have to, I have to offer is that, oh, okay, yeah. In a recent law in California, has given ground to the brothers to be able to appeal their case as of 2016 because did they yeah they haven't done it yet i don't think or if they're going to but the law states that those who have been convicted after being forbidden from offering evidence of sexual abuse can appeal the menendez brothers second trial prevented them from using sexual abuse allegations which gives them new grounds for an appeal in the modern time. It has not been seen or not if they are going to do that, but they have the opportunity. Man, what will Tammy do with herself if her husband is not in jail anymore? Right? But then she'll have another book. And <gasps> she will have another book. Oh my, oh my god, why are you not her publicist? They said we'd never make it part two. My life with my husband, <laughs> who is now freed of prison. Life outside of bars. Let the record show, I love Miss Tammy Menendez. I made a whole presentation for her um, <laughs> and her fake diary. I actually kind of want to read her book. <laughs> yeah. A little disappointed that it's not available on Amazon right now. Tammy, you might want to get on that. I also apologize to listeners for sipping over Eric Menendez, but I'm just listening. Somebody just forward this episode of the podcast to Tammy so she can send a copy of herself. Tammy, will you please send us signed copies of your book? I've given you so you much clout the past has. couple months. Tammy, will you send us free books? It doesn't even have to be signed. I mean, I would like it if it was signed. Can you actually get your husband to sign it for me? Oh my god, yeah. And like, a Polaroid. Mariah! <laughs> I heard Lulu say my name disapprovingly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't be mad if he sent a Polaroid. <laughs> Sydney! After Lent, of course. After Lent. Yeah, yeah definitely after Lent. <laughs> no, Lulu. Not Lulu. Mariah, you can you can do it before Lent is over. I can't, though. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> what address should I write Eric Menendez to? <laughs> Guys, you might leave Tammy now. We can't have that happen. Oh, wait. No, absolutely. I'm talking to him to get in contact with her. Oh. I don't need him. Okay. Loki, should I write him and be like, hey, can you t- tell your wife to send us books? Ooh. A quote. Being married to you is a hard and painful life. Hi. It's the prison. The pride-swallowing place. It takes almost an hour or more just to get in here, she wrote. The guards sometimes treat me like an inmate, without any respect. I hate this place, Eric. Ma'am, what is Eric going to do about it? He's also stuck there. They make out in front of the guards, in case you're curious. Oh, was that that detailed in there? Yeah, it was in a news article. I'm glad somebody's asking the hard-hitting questions. Oh, I think she just told them about it. Anywho, is it my turn? It is. Hi, guys. I just flung my braids back. It was beautiful. I'd like to start by saying that um, when I was picking my topics, it was during my ethics lecture on Thursday, where I'm pretty sure one 
I really concerned my lab partner who sits during that lecture with me because we're in class together and our lab is immediately following it for multiple reasons. One of them was that I was researching paranormal things and also because I was nodding along with what my ethics professor was saying and he was talking about Ted Bundy and how um, we need to decide if we are morally allowed to judge people what based on whether or not they abuse animals. I think yes, because that is typically a sign that they will later go on to murder people. It's been shown in multiple cases. According to social contract theory, however, we cannot. So, but anyway, welcome to the Dortree Hotel. And I actually don't know if I said that right. Dortree, Dorothy, we're just gonna roll with it. So, um... I wrote this kind of story-like, but I don't think it's going to come off that way. So, the year is 1924, and the date is April 11th. The location is Clare, Michigan, which is a town that I drive through every time I go to school or come home. I actually almost, like, part of me was like, I'm going to put that in my directions on my way home today so I can see it before I do my case. And the other part of me was like, there's a man tailgating me, and I'm very scared, so I'm actually just going to go home. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, I'm fine. He passed me on the expressway, but he was like following me for like a solid 40 minutes. And I was just like, oh no, this is how I die. He was like, I better not go somewhere. I'm just gonna keep going. Turned out fine, but I did not see the hotel. Maybe I'll go on Sunday. Who knows? So anywho, Alfred James Dortree, the first, he names his son James Dortree, so I don't know why there was the first was a senator and a friend of Henry Ford. Um, however, Clare was known as the crossroads of Michigan and was a hot spot for tourists and commercial travelers alike, so it worked out for him. The hotel was clearly the picture of luxury with a total of 60 guest rooms with hot and cold running water, with 36 of them featuring a tub or a shower bath. The ground floor housed the public library, a coffee shop, the lobby, a large dining room called the Wedgwood Room, a soda fountain shop, a barber shop, the kitchen, pantry, and refrigerator room, as well as Senator Dortree's office, which sat next to two sample rooms that he would allow commercial travelers to display their goods in. So now that I've set the stage with the Dortree Hotel, which is clearly luxurious and obviously the best place that we could ever stay in, though some reviews may stay otherwise, I'm going to take a step back into the 1800s before Mr. Dortree set up his hotel and talk about a previous dealing that this man's had. So in the 1800s, Mr. Dortree had some business with E.L. Pratt and Thomas Pickard, which was a terrible, terrible idea because these two men would go on to buy hardware from Mr. Dortree because he was still a businessman at the time. They would put it on the their tab. We'll pay you back once we get our settlement. Which, do not do. Don't do that. Don't let people buy hardware from you on a tab. <laughs> I'm trying a new storytelling voice. How is it? I like it. Thank you. It felt old-timey to me, so maybe I'll use this as my voice for Persephone. Who knows? We'll find out. But for context, that is her next D&D character. Oh, yeah, we play D&D together, y'all. We've mentioned it before. We'll probably mention it again. Leave votes for what kind of voice you want my next character to have, because I don't know yet. Ah. <gasps> Retweet. But anywho... <laughs> continuing on. These men then went bankrupt and didn't pay him, so instead he received notes for this, which I dumbed down an explanation of a note because I was like, I think I know what it is, but I then realized 20 minutes later sitting in the university center that I did not. A note is like, it's a written promise to someone that you'll pay them back, sometimes with interest. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, Pratt and Pickard moved their operations up to Ontario to try their hand in the lumber industry and continue to not pay our boy Mr. Dortree back. So, when time came for them to pay our mans, they still had not done so. 
And so he went to them and was like, hey, money's due. What's up? And they went, sorry, we're poor. You can have our oxen and stuff, though, if you want. And he said, yes. Okay, but like, if I couldn't go to someone and be like, I'm poor, can I not pay this? I would. Well, they were basically just like, sorry, I'm broke. Have all of my property. And he was like, that will do. So he was now the proud owner of ox and various other lumber equipment that he had no use for. And so he sold it. However, when he sold it, he only made enough money to cover what it cost to take care of the ox while they were in his possession. (laughs) Oh my god. (sighs) Oh, shit. So, and as a reminder, to not do that shit again, he kept one Axio that he displays in the hotel even to this day, as a reminder to not do that again. <laughs> so, that's where his decor comes from. It's a reminder not to make poor business decisions. I can respect that. Alright, uh, so then he, he then goes on to open the hotel on April 11th, 1924, and on May 14th, 1938, things start to get a little spicy if you will. So it was on that date that Carl Jack Livingston shot and killed Isaiah Lebovi in the tap room of the hotel. And there's no surprise that there's very little information about this incident on the hotel's website. (laughs) It's roughly a paragraph long and it just states that it happened. (laughs) So I did some digging. I had like six sources open. None of them were very good. Some of them had conflicting ideas. We're gonna explore both of those ideas. So the first, looking at other sources, how we find out that the Dortree Hotel was in fact operating as a speakeasy during Prohibition. We love good speakeasy. Yeah, I told you things got spicy. I watched a video of one of the tunnels that like led to like underneath the bar to across the street where a gang's hideout was. It was a really low quality video, but it was kind of cool. That tunnel's now closed now. Makes me sad. And it became a hangout spot for mobsters, including the Purple Gang, which is how Isaiah Lebove was brought here tonight, that night on April 11th. Uh, so some quick information about the Purple Gang. They were notorious around Michigan, and I wish I knew more about them as a Michigander. However, I frankly didn't feel like doing more research, and so I didn't. However, I did find out that they were known for illegally running booze across the Canadian border. Canada. And that our boy Isaiah was their lawyer. And also the cousin of the man who shot. <gasps> oh, shit. Family reunions are awkward. Yeah. So this is, things get spicy there. I like the second idea that we're going to bring into this mix of the two, like, ideas of what could have happened. I like the second one more. It's a touch spicier. All right. So the first source, one of the sources that I looked at was, like, a 15-minute interview with the owner of the hotel. Um, and his name is James Doherty. The Doherty Hotel is still owned by the Doherty's. Just got passed down. And so he said that Livingston had a drinking problem. Livingston also lived at the hotel during this time. He was a permanent resident. And so Le Bouvet was his attorney. Homeboy walked in, had a glass in one hand, shot Le Bouvet right in the heart, handed the manager his gun, said, I'll be in my room when the police come for me. Went up to his room. What the fuck? Yes. Um, he was acquitted for temporary insanity when he was tried for the crime. So that's fun. He would live a long life. But if he- You're gonna look at me and tell me though that's not a baller move. (laughs) (laughs) Hold my gun, I'll be in my room if they need me. Okay. Um, but a different source says very different things. And I like this one better. It was a blog, so it was clearly much less, like, credible than an interview with the hotel owner. But it's way more spicy. So a different source says that they were actually arguing over whether or not that they should drill for oil 
on a plot of land that Le Bouvet owned, because uh, Livingston was also an oil man, like he drove for oil, that was his a business dude, and oil was his business of choice. And so Le Bouvet mm-hmm. didn't want to do that, and Livingston really wanted him. And Livingston, being part of a gang during Prohibition, got very paranoid, because at this time, the Purple Gang also had a rival gang that was based out of New York, and Livingston was really paranoid that Le Bouvet had aligned with their competing gang and was working on putting out a contract to kill him. Okay. Which is why he decided to kill him first. It was him and, and so, me, but we would never Living- be the same. <laughs> Livingston approached Le Bouvet in the tap room while he was eating dinner with his girlfriend and shot him. Oh no. And I would still like to imagine, he was still living there at the time, so I still imagine that he handed the gun to the manager and was like, hold my gun, I'll be in my room, let me know when the police get here. But like, I like that story better just because there's just a little bit of gang spice in there, if you will. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then I made like a side note, I was like, can y'all just like imagine dating like a gang member? Like... What in the Wattpad? Those AUs... 100%. Those AUs kind (laughs) of get me sometimes though, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right? I don't know. They kind of give me. Oh my god. But yeah, I just like have a little note on the side. I was like, okay, but like, date, date a gang member, you know? Just for the space. Maybe just for mm-hmm. a few weeks or something. Who knows? In, in the summer. I just like, think of all the things he could do for you. Put you in danger? Sure. Ride a nice car? Could probably buy your dinner. I don't know. My standards are so low. <laughs> Love that. I saw that from the second you <laughs> mentioned he can buy me dinner. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, you must be ordering the lobster. Yeah, I would be like, can I get the chicken strips? They're eight dollars. <laughs> no, I don't need sauce. Thank you. Um. Anywho, this man's Isaiah is actually one of the ghosts that haunts the hotel, along with Helen, aka Grandma Dortree, along with a few other murder victims whose stories did not quite get told, but definitely happened there. That's the paranormal part. It took me a very long time to get there, and I apologize. Um, So we're going to take a little bit of a look-see at what guests, investigators, employees, and even the owners have reported seeing or experiencing at the hotel, which includes, but is not limited to, Helen's perfume wafting through the rooms, loud knocking, bedroom doors opening and closing by themselves, and dark apparitions and shadowy figures spotted throughout the entire hotel. My kind of vibe. It is kind of a vibe. I do actually want to go there. It's very pretty. So we're going to look at three experiences that people have had there that I got off of blogs. Okay. So this person, Vidra, I call her a she, but I actually don't know if she is or not. Uh, She commented on hauntedplaces.org and said that she was there on a business trip back in 2014 and she awoke early in the morning and looked over at the other bed where she saw a figure of an older woman in a calico dress and an apron who looked to be a folding clothes. I would have freaked out, but our girl Vidra was just like, I'm seeing things and went back to sleep. She is the actual baller. (laughs) <laughs> so that does not seem like an appropriate response to me but you do you i don't know she like in her head she's like this isn't real and just passed back out so then at breakfast the next morning at their lovely conference center because they have two of them in the hotel now um she was telling the people that were there all her co-workers and they all laughed at her as you do when your co-worker tells you that they're seeing things 
Um, but then the waitress was like, actually, that fits the description of Mrs. Dortree. So it's very possible that she saw her ghost. And then someone else commented and went, oh, yeah, I've seen Helen's ghost. That sounds like her. <laughs> very casually. Yeah, it sounds like Helen's ghost is the most frequent and she's like really chill. Okay. Because like all of the um, stories that I found were revolved around her. So I guess maybe other people are just like, oh yeah, loud noise. Thanks, the bouvet. But like Helen's is just like a little more out there, just a little more spicy. I don't know. Because Kathy commented on the same website as our girl Vidra to say that she stayed there roughly four times. She visits from California and she will often see people dancing and hear 30s music in the conference room. She always stays in the newer part of the building, so she only sees it when she's on her way to the restaurant. But like she says that she sees it and she's like not upset about it. She also says that if you stand outside and look up, you can see a little gray haired lady cleaning the windows on the second floor looking out over the street, which I also believe is a nod to our girl, Helen. Uh, the last experience that I uh, want to talk about is one of an old employee. And I got this from an interview. So I listened to her speak and she was basically just like, yeah, we keep Helen's room, Grandma Helen, Grandma Dortree's room, it's a guest room. And when I worked there, there was a portrait of her in there, and every time I went in there, the portrait eyes would follow me. I'm like, that feels oh. really cliche, but also, like, say more, and she didn't. And she was basically just like, yeah, some rooms are colder than others, like, the bathrooms are creepy and cold, and that kind of stuff. I also read some travel reviews that basically said that the Dortree Hotel really needs to update everything but i still want to go there and i believe the ax the ox yoke is still on display and that is the door tree hotel thank you for visiting oh yeah i want to add it to the what is that list we have for places we want to visit the i'm blanking so hard oh life show list that one add it to that list i'm gonna make a list that <laughs> My turn with Urban Legends this second, huh? Yes. Oh shit, I just realized, guys, we did a full rotation. Mm-hmm. <gasps> we did. That's so exciting. Okay, so this one, this was the first American Urban Legend I ever recalled. And like, and it's one of the first ones I like to cite that piqued my interest into Urban Legends. Oh, say more. You guys might know it. It's pretty, I think it's pretty popular. But also, I found out my sister-in-law had no idea about this one. So, who knows? It's the bunny man. Mm-mm. No idea. <gasps> what? Oh, okay. Fucking. It was on a website that I looked at, though. I believe it's Alabama's most known urban legend, uh, I think. I need to look into that one because this one's from Virginia, so maybe there's two. Or maybe it was Virginia. I don't know. I looked at a list of the most known urban legend from each state. And... There's some of those babies on my list. I have to look into that because I want to hear. Uh, I'm going to look at that as soon as I finish this. All right. That's so. actually where I found mine for next episode. Uh, okay. So, the Bunny Man takes place in Virginia. In 1903, as the urban legend states, an asylum for the criminally insane in Clifton, Virginia, was closed down due to a petition from the citizens of Fairfax County saying, we don't want it here. They got their way. I hate that. They have to go somewhere, and they're just like, not here. And they're like, well, then where? So they sent it to a different one, which I did not write the name down of. 
while I slapped. It's fine. Listen, I do that constantly. And so, while they're transporting the prisoners to another asylum, one of the transportation vehicle buses crashed and almost everybody in the vehicle died, including the driver. We love that. I know, right? Like, shit. But yeah, 10 prisoners ended up escaping. Saucy. Can you imagine? They're like, my chance has come. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I'd skedaddle too. Yeah, I can't blame them. Like the beginning of Infamous Second Son. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay, so the search party was successful. Yeah, well, they found all except two. They could not find Marcus Walster or Douglas J. Griffin. The latter, by the way, was institutionalized for killing his family and children on Easter Sunday. <laughs> oh, I see. <gasps> I hate it. I see now. And so, after their escape, hundreds of bunnies were found skinned and half eaten hanging off trees. I hate it. Oh, Wait, they were hanging off trees? Half eaten, skinned, yes. I hate it. Please take it away. No, so, thank you. The- <laughs> My reaction when I was eight years old hearing this for the first time. Uh, Michael actually told me this story, by the way. Throw the whole story away. Oh, shit. All of it. <laughs> right right away. Yeah, he pulled it up on YouTube and he's like, here, Lulu, watch this. No. Damn, Mike, chill. I don't know if he remembers this. He might. I'll find out when he listens to this episode. And so, <laughs> a second search turned up the body of Marcus Walster, killed in a similar way to the rabbits, hanging with a crude handmade axe in his hand with a note on his foot saying, you'll never catch the bunny man. From the discovery of Marcus Walster, two years had passed, and on Halloween, of course it's Halloween, three teens were drinking. Oh, yeah, as you do. I say as if I've done that. Lulu and Another Life for sure did that. Another Life, Lulu, (laughs) not the brightest. Okay, Sydney wasn't cool enough for that. (laughs) At midnight, they were found hanging and gutted from the tree. Mm, No, thank you. I am sorry, not tree. They were found hanging and gutted from the bridge. The same bridge that Marcus... No, oh. thank you. And the fact that it was the same bridge that Marcus Walster had been found. Hanging. Double no, thank you. This happened again in 1913, 1914, and in 1946. Yo, why weren't people suddenly like paying more attention to this bridge? Do you think? Like, it happened a couple years in a row, and then fucking decades later, that's one, two, two, three, two, three decades later? I'm not into it. Mm-mm. Hard pass. So soon, the police found Griffin in the middle of the night and they chased him into an overpass where he was on the verge of escaping only to be hit by an oncoming train. Oh. The police claimed to hear laughing once the train passed. Like a deep man laugh. But he had been hit. Ma'am, I'm gonna have to ask you to stop. I don't like it. No, because this was the same bridge where the people were found hang and gutted. Okay. Oh no. That's really lovely. Really great. Mm-hmm. Full circle right there. That's phenomenal. It's fantastic. People say today that if you walk through the Colchester Overpass Bridge Tunnel, what is now known as Bunny Man Bridge, at midnight, the Bunny Man will grab you and hang you and gut you from this said bridge. I'm a dumb bitch because I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the list. Someone throw it on there. I'm coloring right now, so I can't. Uh, we'll just go. Last time it was three people who hung. Like he hanged by himself. So I just say we go in a group of like five. And at least two of us will make it out. <laughs> say less. Uh, Dana, if you're listening to this, I'm nominating you to go with us. I bring Noodle Man. Alright, that's five. Mariah, bring Harley. <gasps> but- oh, Harley would love it. 
<laughs> so the bunny man bridge obviously is very popular halloween spot like i read at one point they're like two f- to four hour traffic let's not go on halloween damn we can go the day before the day after and okay a day before but i will provide you some information that will provide comfort to you guys everything that i just told you there is zero proof that it ever happens because a researcher named brian something that i thought i was like i'm gonna remember his last name i don't remember his last name I have too much faith in myself. But yeah, a researcher named Brian went deep dive into Virginia history. Could not find the name of the asylum that supposedly Bunny Man came from. And then the fact that the asylum the prisoners were supposed to be transferred to was not built until seven years after the first date mentioned in the story. I love inconsistent histories. However... He came to the conclusion that this probably origin uh, originated 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 there we go from two incidents of a man in a rabbit costume threatening people with an axe. Oh, saucy! <laughs> I never thought I would say that phrase, but also doesn't it remind you of a certain Dead by Daylight character? Yes, and I hate it. Yes, uh, Huntress, where you at? <laughs> So, on the evening of October 1997, uh, U.S. Army, U.S. Air Force Academy Cadet Robert Bennett and his fiance were visiting relatives on Guinea Road in Burke, Virginia. Around midnight, they were on the road, uh, they were coming back from a football game. They reportedly parked their car in a field on that road to visit a family member who lived across the way. And as they were sitting in the car, the motor was running, they noticed something in the rearview mirror. And I don't know about y'all, if I notice something in the rearview mirror when I'm parked, I'm throwing that shit in reverse and running it over. I love you. At midnight, it's fight or flight, and I'm picking fight. I would have picked flight, but I... I simply have no fear, as Mariah knows from me playing Fortnite with her. (laughs) So... Moments later, the front passenger window was smashed, and there was a white-cladded figure standing near the broken window. Bennett turned the car around, and the man was screaming at them about trespassing, including the phrase, You're on private property, and I have your tag number. As they drove down the road, the couple discovered a hatchet in the car floor. So, this means he used a, a hatchet to break the window. Then, when the police discover, uh, police requested a description of the man, Bennett insisted that he was wearing a white suit with long bunny ears. Oh. The second one happened on October 29th of the same year. In the same month. Ten days apart. That's comforting. Wow, how did I not notice this when I was writing down? Anyways, so literally ten days later... While construction security guard Paul Phillips approached a man standing on the porch of an unfinished home in Kings Park West on Guinea Road, Phillips said the man was wearing a gray and black and white bunny costume. So when I read that, I pictured Bugs Bunny, and I do not know why, and I couldn't get the image (laughs) out of my head. That's valid. Uh, he said somehow that the person was about 20 years old, and I'm like, how do you know this if he has 
Maybe he didn't have the mask on. I just simply don't know. But tw about 20 years old, 5 foot 8, and about 160, 175 pounds. I've never understood how people can guess how much someone weighs. That's just I could never. Me. They were like, how much How much would you say he weighed? I'd be like, um, I'll draw you a picture. You see, like, it's just weird to me because, like, Josh and I don't look anything alike, right? We weigh, like, the same. What? Yeah. So I'm like, how the heck am I supposed to guess what someone weighs? Like, you know when you go to the fair, there's that person who'd be like, I can guess your weight. I'm like, I just want to know how. I know when they do, like, age is based on, like, oh, what about what age are you hanging out with? What are you carrying? How do you look? How do you present yourself? Which, I mean, I look 12, so I don't think they'd get it right, but... <laughs> Oh my god! I am going to make fucking lose it. When did I di get disconnected? I just- The following week. Yeah, you were silent when you said the following week and I disconnected you so you could notice that we couldn't hear you. No, I would- I did my whole thing and I'm like, okay, they're just not having comments. <laughs> you guys kept your recording going, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank god. Uh, in the following weeks, I'm gonna pick up from there. Good luck editing, Lulu. <laughs> so, in the following weeks of the incidences, more than 50 people contacted the police claiming to have seen the bunny man. And the fact it didn't get solved, I'm like, huh? Right? My psychology mind says that that is top-down processing and you are perceiving that you saw the bunny man because you heard stories about it. I don't think that's yes. actually true, but that's what my psychology class is telling me. I said that correctly. I think so. I also remember about learning this. Professor Boyle, I hope you're proud of me. <laughs> Somebody send us to Professor Boyle. You think I won't Wait. turn it in for my next psychology journal? <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much all I have on the Bunny Man. He's shown up in media a couple times. Apparently there's a 2011 slasher film named Bunny Man, to which add to the movie list. Ooh, that's another list we gotta add. <laughs> and then... Uh, Amazon Prime has an original series called Lore. I don't know if you guys know about it. No. Like they talk about urban legends and like how it originated and why it potentially originated. So the one I saw was in season one. I don't remember the episode, but it has to do with isolobotomies. So this one talked about the bunny man for like the first five, ten minutes. And then it went on to talk about why asylums are such a hotbed for urban legends. I didn't finish the episode, but I will go back to it. How do you spell La Llorona? Huh? How do you spell La Llorona? You precious bean baby. Are uh, you gonna not uh, spell it for me? <laughs> Please spell I am. it for I me. Just, I'm trying. I have to write it out to spell it. L-A-L-L-O-R-A-N-A? Question mark? I'm I'm sending it in there, and if it's wrong, it's wrong. Wait, let me Okay. Let me I think that's right, yeah. You know how people can just spell words without looking at them? I do not have that ability. I have to physically look at the, like, write out the word and look at it. <laughs> There's other movies that we said to add to this list, and I don't remember what they are, so. <laughs> um, it was also mentioned in an episode of Family Guy as uh, the story of the bunny man was a bump in an episode of Family Guy. I have no idea how that bit went because I haven't seen the episode, but it was in Family Guy, and I was like, oh. That's cool. And that's all I have. Can't wait for Easter now. Yeah, happy mm. Easter, everyone. <laughs> God, I should have timed this for Easter, huh? Right? <laughs> that's tough, because I don't have another religion to just to cover this up with. But yeah, that's all I have. My 
birthdays like coming up and so i'm like do i find something related to birthdays what would you be covering that week do you know i haven't looked that far ahead i was initially gonna look up people who were murdered on that day oh um let's find out so this is week four and it's calendar where are you at okay so week four week five i have so it would be week seven i would be on paranormal okay so maybe I find someone who t- is haunting because birthday went bad. Who knows? <laughs> you find something. Yeah. Maybe that's the week I share my paranormal experiences. Ooh. I like it. Uh, all right, guys. This has been a wrap of episode four. How do you feel about it? Ooh, I have words of wisdom. And it, it relates to um, what we're editing out of what I said. <laughs> Because we're, we're editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. You guys will have, listeners will have no idea what we're talking about. And it's going to perfect. Dana, I'll tell you later. If you ask me personally, I'll probably tell you what I said. <laughs> um, maybe. Well, do we have any other wrapping up comments before I throw this out there? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I just looked at the Discord Lulu's blacklist. You're welcome. <laughs> That's my hit list. <laughs> oh my god. Is County Sheriff Dan Crawford on there? That's, That's literally the first thing she wrote. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait for one day to like have our Discord open to people and just like just have them see what. <laughs> They'll see it randomly up there and they're like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Uh, yeah. Any other closing comments before I close with some words of wisdom? Um, we are at ninety nine plays on our podcast. Oh, what the fuck? Like total? Yeah, like all time. We're almost at a hundred. The homies who made it this far, y'all the real ones. Also, if you know us IRL and you listen, I would really appreciate live commentary. It's the thing that brings me the most joy. Yes. Honestly, live commentary just it makes me so happy. I don't even need to know the context. Yes, thank you, Josh. Josh will do it to me, and he just like calls me out. I'm like, heck yeah, I did say that. Or I'll be like, wait, when did I say that? Josh, you're the best. Both Joshes. Yes. And Dana. Dana will just come up to me and give me commentary out of context. I'll I'll have to process it. All right. Are you ready for my words of wisdom? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. If you don't have anything nice to say, say it on your podcast. I love it. Thank you. It is surprisingly easy to start one. <laughs> it is. So if you don't have anything nice to say, just say it on a podcast. Way easier if it's just your own. Don't forget to follow our social media. Our Twitter is at T underscore terror. Our Instagram is at T dot and dot terror. And if you have any stories or requests, you can go ahead and email them to us at T and terror PC at gmail.com. I think that's everything we need to plug. I love you. We appreciate you. I'm Lulu. I'm Sydney. I'm Mariah. And, and we're, we're T and Terror. Bye. Bye.